Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to Fantasy Sports Today right here on SportsGrid. It is me, it is Christopher Welsh, and it's you, and we got a great show for you today. We're going to do a whole lot of baseball prospect stuff, talk a little NBA with our good pal Brett Levy, and I'm so excited that Welsh is joining me here for the last day of Joey P on FST, but don't worry, I will be here on Sundays doing diamond bets, doing game day, doing all kinds of stuff, a little in-game live maybe here and there. So I'm still going to be on the grid along with you, just not here every single day, but your fearless leader, Craig Mish, will be back. His vacation is done after today. He'll be back next Monday with Davis Maddock to take up the reins. But Welsh, before we get into anything, we've got some big headlines here and uh, obviously a huge, huge, I would say, story and the end of an era for an organization. So let's get after it and start with J.J. Watt, who asked for his release today from the Houston Texans. Obviously, J.J. Watt is the Texans. Let's be honest. He has been the face of that organization. Uh, The guy who is one of the faces of the NFL. This is a huge deal here and and he deserves every chance. And we're going to break it down for him to go out there to another team to go contend. His career's winding down. He should be in the playoffs every year. He should have a shot at that ring. He deserves it. I know deserve gets thrown around too much. That guy deserves it. We'll talk more about that in a second. Trevor Lawrence had his pro day today. So, I watched that. It was impressive. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Okay. And uh, we'll talk more about that later on the program. The Raiders plan to release Tyrell Williams. The Red Sox land utility man Marwin Gonzalez. A nice pickup for them. Very versatile player. And the the tournament for uh, is canceled, actually. The CIT tournament canceled due to COVID. Uh, So that's uh, obviously not something that's good news there for the college basketball front. But Welsh... The Houston Texans obviously um, came to an agreement with J.J. Watt. And, you know, when you think Texans, you think J.J. Watt. I know Deshaun's great and they've had some other good players in there, but it's J.J. Watt. Let's be honest. And now this is his opportunity to kind of finish where he wants to on his terms. So I can't say we're all surprised because we're not. But where do you think immediately comes to mind where you think J.J. Watt is looking to kind of finish out his career? I mean, he's going to have, you know, the world at his disposal of where he wants mm-hmm. to go. But the very, very first team that jumped to my mind is the Green Bay Packers. And it's going home. He's a big Wisconsin guy. Uh, that is a big part of him. Also, take a look at the team themselves. They were close. How many more years mm-hmm. does Aaron Rodgers have a defensive lineman, you know, a, de- a defensive end like J.J. Watt to be able to come in there? I'm not saying it's going to change the structure, the entire structure of how that defense runs, but... It would be a huge play, and I have to imagine whatever decision J.J. makes, it's going to be a team that is playoff bound. You know, he's not going to go and play for the Jets. He's not going to go and, you know, play for, uh, you know, the Carolina Panthers. Maybe the Carolina Panthers, but probably not. You're going to want to go to teams that are close to it. 
I don't think he can go play with his brother in Pittsburgh because of cap reasons. And I think there's a there's a multitude of other teams that are on top of my mind. But the very, very first one was the Green Bay Packers. Well, look, in the farewell address that he released today on Twitter, um, he was wearing his Wisconsin sweatshirt. So maybe just maybe the uh, the favorite son goes home and gets to play for the Green Bay Packers, a team that was on the precipice not one but two years in a row now of the Super Bowl. For me, the one that pops Welsh is the Tennessee Titans. They need J.J. Watt. It allows him to stay in that division, stay kind of relatively close to home. Uh, I don't think he's the kind of guy like Brett Favre is looking for revenge. It doesn't strike me, but that look, you might get a little revenge. Okay, like I don't think that's his narrative. But the Titans have been in the playoffs two years in a row, and they need a pass rusher like that. That is so high on their list of needs. It's probably something they're going to have to address in the draft. But if they can address it with J.J. Watt, not to mention bringing in, I think, a high caliber leadership guy on the defense, which I think would also go a long way in playing for Mike Vrabel. I mean, is it, I mean, that is such a great marriage in my mind because, you know, Mike Vrabel is a very high character, defensive minded guy, JJ Watt, very high character, great defensive player. Right. You know, I, I think that would be a fantastic marriage. Look, JJ Watt's a hall of famer. I don't think there's anybody's going to doubt that JJ Watt could probably pick and choose whatever he wants to do when football is over. But Welsh, I think J.J. Watt has some good football left in him. He, is he a guy who's going to play every down at this stage in his career? Maybe not. But at the same time, he can really help a team. And, you know, I know those are two, and I'm sure as we continue to think, there's probably more that we can attach to J.J. Watt theoretically. But I don't think J.J. Watt's done. I think J.J. Watt obviously has had some issues staying on the field the last few years. There's no doubt about that. But J.J. Watt's talent, J.J. Watt's motivation, I don't think anyone can possibly question that. And, you know, I, I think he still has a lot to offer a team. Do you agree with that sentiment? I definitely think he has a lot to offer. I'm not sure he has a lot of years left under him. If you, uh, you know, you want to like try to pull this apart a little bit for the Texans to acquiesce this trade so well, part of me has to think that they know there's only a year or two left. This is usually the type of move that's done on a veteran that, you know, they're going to be doing the honorary one day contract into the near future. So I'm just not sure JJ has, I don't think they're going to be unproductive. I think they'll be very productive, but I kind of think we're a two year max. That's why I think it's going to be a plus critical. He's on a team that can vie for it. You know, one other I'd throw out to you, you can't throw away the Kansas city chiefs. I don't know what their cap situation is like, but mm. they were right there. That's a situation JJ could tie himself to, and you could go right into a super bowl contender. So I think it's one or two, solid years left in him and that's about it and money's not a big you know I, money's important but money for jj watt he's yeah. a guy that has a ton of of endorsement deals already he's on the subway commercials with his brother he's doing tv shows you know in the off season he's made his jj money. watt's always gonna make money he's made his money and he will make a lot more money because he's gonna be on espn or he's gonna yeah. be on nfl network or something after he's done playing this is about championships and maybe you're right maybe you just kind of attach yourself to the chiefs who are the favorite going into next year as well and you try to win a ring that way. Certainly, he's going to be sought after, no doubt. We come back, we're going to sought after some NBA. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back, everybody, to Fantasy Sports Today. More on the J.J. Watt situation as the show goes on, little Trevor Lawrence, and a whole lot of baseball, too. But before we get to the baseball, it's time to do a little NBA with our good pal, Brett Levy. Brett always joins us here. He's our producer on the program, worked in the NBA for many years. And I mean many because uh, all through his high school years, because I believe he's only like 22 years old at this point. I mean, Brett Levy's like the Doogie Howser of NBA uh, he basically, I think at 13, got a job and continued to work on through. He's amazing. He's a child prodigy, and that's why we love him here on the program. So let's do the fantasy standouts, and let's talk about Jimmy Butler and the Heat getting a big victory last night. 27 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, triple-double for Jimmy B. Uh, Sabonis, and Demonis Sabonis is a guy, he's becoming one of our favorites on the program here. We talk about him filling that stat sheet every night, a little bit cheaper than the top, top-tier guys over on FanDuel, 26 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks for him. Uh, Jason Tatum, 17 points of his own, 6 rebounds, 9 assists, and 2 steals. And Vukovic, uh, 25 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists. Brett, I'd like to start with the Heat, if I may. I caught the fourth quarter of that game, and uh, Bam Adebayo fouled out at the very end. This game did get close in the last few minutes. did kind of get down to uh, 5 points or so in the last 2 minutes of this game. And I know it was only against Houston. I know Houston is depleted by comparison to what they started out the year looking like as a roster, but nonetheless, a, a big win for the Heat, uh, a great performance by Jimmy Butler. And I guess here's the question, after how good they were in the bubble last year, now that things have kind of gotten back to normal, do you think the Heat are now starting to ramp up a little bit and kind of get back on track? Yeah, I think the Heat are finding their way a little bit, Joe. Jimmy Butler coming back from the COVID stuff, them getting a little bit healthier, um, as well as like some of these role players who have kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, you know, uh, Max Strauss last night had 20 points off yeah. the bench. So like, you know, the heat find these guys, it's part of heat culture. They find guys that just work their butt off. And when their numbers called, they come in and they deliver. So I, like I said yesterday, I don't expect the heat to be bottom feeders for long. They probably overachieved last year. Like we've also said, but they're a playoff team. They've got Jimmy Butler. They have Bam Adebayo. Those are two uh, really important players on any team in the league, and they're on the same team in Miami. Plus, they've got great shooters with Harrow and Robinson. So they're built to win basketball games. Brett, uh, with the Rockets on the other side, the team that the Heat were playing, DeMarcus Cousins has been a player that has been 
not almost not rosterable at the beginning of the year. He's only averaging about 19 minutes a game. But over the last week since Christian Wood has been out, he's gotten up to 25 minutes a game. He had a double-double last night, 16 and 11. And there was a period of time where Bogman, who was on here a couple days ago, me and Bogman have questioned, could you even roster a DeMarcus Cousins as much as you could roster a Hassan Whiteside, whether it's seasonal or DFS? Do you think Cousins with Wood out has finally become a consistent option that people can at least entertain if they're doing some DFS lineups or seasonal can get back into rosters? Yeah, I definitely think Houston was a good landing spot for him. And again, I don't really think it was ever a talent thing with DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, you know, he was an all-star and then he tore out his knee and then he goes to Golden State and has the ankle injury. So it's really been injuries over the last three seasons. Uh, I think he was with the Lakers last year and got hurt in the offseason. So, like, it's really been injuries that have been slowing DeMarcus Cousins down. No one said this guy couldn't play. So now that he's healthy and on the court, I absolutely think he's a viable option. And when Wood comes back, I'm sure his numbers will dip, but he'll still be their primary bench scoring big. So uh, he should still contribute. All right, let's see who else contributed last night on our big board. Steph Curry dropped 40 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, and 4 steals. Ben Simmons, a good night, 23 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, a steal, and a block. Joel Embiid, my boy, 35 points. Boy, he's on a tear again. 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks. And Damian Lillard, 30 points, 2 rebounds, 7 assists, and 2 steals. Brett, is Steph Curry the only guy who can challenge Bradley Beal for the scoring title this year? Is there a third guy and if so, is Steph Curry an intriguing wager at this point? Because Beal's odds are obviously better. Yeah, I mean, Steph Curry's definitely in any conversation Steph Curry wants to be in. I think, you know, we could even throw him in as a, an outside contender for MVP if he continues to hmm. play the way he's been playing. But uh, I think... It's probably Bradley Beals to lose. He's just so needed to score the basketball every right. night in Washington. And it's really like him and Westbrook. No one else gets double-digit shots on that team consistently sure. like those two do. So while Curry um, always has the ball in his hand, is an elite scorer, an elite player, I'd probably say Beal is my favorite to win the scoring title. Um Maybe another outside name could be Donovan Mitchell because he's got those super highs, um, but right. his lows might might hurt him in that conversation. But, I mean, Donovan Mitchell's another guy that any night can score 40. Um, sometimes he only gets you like 18 to 22, though, and those lows, uh, Beal and uh, Curry don't seem to have as much. I believe Curry last night had a record of 13 straight games with four plus threes. I just want to point out he did it right as I traded him in one of my long seasonal leagues, right as I traded him. He's become back to original, amazing Curry. I'm just curious, though, do you think with this streak, what's going on with Curry right now, can you even build rosters not around him? I mean, prices are going to be high. Uh, if season long acquisitional prices are going to be ridiculous, but can you not, can you afford to not play with Curry right now? Uh, I think in daily fantasy, there are definitely ways to do it. I mean, there are other point guards going off every night. We had Damian Lillard and Ben Simmons on this list. So there are certainly ways to get creative and, uh, you know, find good players and good value in your lineup. But, um, yeah, Steph's a guy I'm targeting every night. Uh, Beal is another guy I'm always targeting. And another guy I like to target is Vucevic. Those guys seem to always 
put up their numbers, you know they're going to lead their team in shot attempts just because of how the team is structured. In Orlando's case, it's more so injury-based than how the team's really structured. But um, the other two, you know, Curry's got the ball in his hands. Beal has the ball in his hands. They're putting up shots. They're making shots. Uh, their coaches trust them to make all the right decisions. So those are guys you should absolutely be targeting. Anyone that's being trusted to make key decisions, uh, those are guys I look for. All right, Brett, all jokes aside about how young and accomplished you are. Uh, you're so young. I just want to check in. Did you get the Doogie Hauser reference? Did it even did, did it register? <laughs> you know what that is? It went over my head. I had no idea who Doogie Hauser. So is. depressing. Well, look, while I got you, I just want to thank you. I know it's my last year, uh, my last day on FST, and I just want to say thank you personally on camera with your face here for all the work you've done. You've been so instrumental in the success of this show. You do awesome work. You're so on top of everything, and uh, I just want to say I appreciate you. I know Craig does, but. I appreciate you, and it's been so great working with you, and I hope we continue to work together here on the network because I love the standard that you have. I love how, you know, nothing nothing ever bothers Brett. He is so unflappable. Everything's like, okay, sounds good. It's like, Brett, we need to change everything. All the Okay, whatever. Thumbs up, text message back. <laughs> Brett is incredible to work with, and he's a very valuable piece here. So I hope you do get back in the NBA sooner than later, my friend. But for the meantime, we're very grateful to have you here on the network. No, I appreciate that, Joe, and uh, can't wait to see you over at Fantasy Pros. Ah, my man. All right, I'm going to go send you the DVD uh, complete uh, series of Doogie Howser there. That's my big thank you for you. Uh, I used to watch that show when I was a kid. I'm old, but I used to watch that, and it was like, wow, this guy's a doctor. This is Can you so believe cool. like, how unrelatable that would be right now? Just un so unbelievably unrelatable for anybody to watch. Teenage doctor a during a pandemic, Welsh. That that would be a huge success, right? Could you imagine? Well, you know what? We could use him. We could probably use him right uh, now. So. Where is he? Where is he right now? I mean, come on, Doogie, we need you. Apparently that show is still huge in some other regions too. Like it's like a big deal show in some other countries, really? which is amazing. What, in like, yeah. in like some far off Russian country that just got it a year ago. They're like, this yeah, is Hauser. He's incredible. He's very good guy. He's very young. He why don't, put, why don't Putin drinks. bring him in? This is amazing. Yes. When when Welsh and I come back, we talk more to Doogie Hauser and perhaps prospects for Major League Baseball. I like the baseball. You throw it, it goes very far. It's very nice. All joking aside, stay on the grid. We'll be right back with some prospect talk with our guy, prospect guru, the Welsh. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.
Boys and girls, we've got a special treat for you today because the host of Prospect One, one of the great MLB youthful prospect shows out there, podcast where you can go learn about all the guys in the minor leagues and the next big stars of baseball, just happens to be our guest host. It's the Welsh, part of In This League Podcast Network, the ITL Army leader. Are you in Boggs Generals? Do you guys like have official titles in the ITL Army? I don't know how that yeah, works. We're, Are you a we're admirals. Yeah, I think we're admirals. admirals. Ah, yeah. excellent. Excellent. Very good. Yeah. I, I can make I am some technically, jokes. I'm not I want to point out, I technically am a lord uh, by legal standards because a listener Ooh. a long time ago purchased us land in Glencoe, which makes, I have legal documentation. You you can refer to me as Lord the Welsh. Oh, well, I, I, at least we get the the in there. That's very, that's yeah. crucial. I feel like always. My legal, my uh, legal. Yeah. Name. Yeah. First of all, I can't believe after all these years this is the first I'm hearing this. And if I could be a really? lord, I would make everybody call me lord all the time. I think that's not lord the singer necessarily. Like I will be royal. I'm not never. Not with no, an e after. I will yeah. Be. yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course, exactly. Oh, e after that and a the beforehand. That's what you need. All right, let's talk some prospects here. <laughs> and Welsh, obviously, the number one prospect in baseball is Wanda Franco. And um, you know, sometimes the 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 tag of can't miss is not fair because there's always injuries. I mean, Jerickson Profar was can't miss. A lot of guys were can't miss. A lot of guys have been number one before overall and fallen short. Um, Byron Buck's another guy. Can't miss, hasn't quite lived up to the hype. But let's just talk about number one here at the very top of this list, Wander Franco. Is he as can't miss as can't miss gets? Because it feels like he would have probably been up last year had it been a longer season. And the Rays just basically said, well, you know, why would we start the clock? We can get through. We're having success. It wasn't the need. But I think over a full season, especially with some of the changes they've had, there might be that need, I think, this year. So your thoughts on Wander Franco, you know, is he obviously the number one? Is it more of a closer race than other people realize? What are your thoughts? It's much closer than like any normal person would realize because he's not can't miss. There's actually... Um, this is something I just talked about in an episode I just released today on Prospect One. I talked about uh, Wanda Franco. And part of the problem is there was some data that came from some of the alt sites and even instructs, low launch angles, not crazy high max exit velocity. That has a lot of people questioning what he's going to be able to max out at. What is he going to be able to max out as far as power goes? He's kind of a big, bulky um Prospect Jesus, if you followed him, it, it described him really interesting, call him like a bulldog. That's a really good way to put it because he's just mm -hmm. like a bulky, muscled guy who might oh, not sounds have familiar. Big speed. I like him already. Yeah, might not have <laughs> big speed, but he is an 80 grade hit tool. He has incredible right. it, it's like the same idea behind what Vladimir Guerrero does with bat to ball skills. And he's going to be a great hitter. Even uh, the Bat X Derek Cardi's projection system has got him around a 290 this year, playing about half the season. So he's not not miss. And one other thing I did on uh, our Patreon, the patreon.com slash ITL Army, is I created a prospect ADP for the third year in a row, but no one else does this, nice. to try to see where we're at. And there was the most dissent over the last three years happened this year because Wander Franco was not the consensus number one. It's actually mm -hmm. a guy that I have at number three, Jared Kelnick. Jared Kelnick has been yeah. somebody that a lot of more people are favoring. There's a lot more speed in his game. There's power. I think there are some average questions, but he is an incredibly exciting player. And if you're looking at it from like, I want production soon, Kelnick would be number two. But uh, he's just a notch below Julio Rodriguez, who I think can be a superstar. 
you know, and I know like, you know, everybody asks who is like better. And I know you're a Rodriguez guy between the two. So you have him at two here, but Kalanick is also very polished. I know everybody talks about him, like the, the, not just the, the physical tools, but also the maturity and mental side of the game that everybody just raves about this kid. And of course, the Mets traded him because that's what the Mets do, right? It's great to bring in a hundred-year-old Robinson Cano and a, and, a, and a reliever for a piece like that. I mean, why would you want to build a franchise around young, talented yeah. guys? Uh, but I digress. But with these two guys potentially in Seattle, is there room now for this organization finally to move forward? Because they have been dreadful for a very long time. I mean, the Ichiro era of Seattle is long in the rear view. It's been a long time since the Mariners were relevant on any level. Is this the beginning no. of that with these two guys? Not just these two guys, but yes, these two guys are going to be the linchpins of it. Like Julio Rodriguez is a 40 plus homer guy. He can steal some bases. He's an infectious personality. He's a superstar in the making. Kelnick is a little bit more quiet that those two are going to feed off of each other magnificently. But they've got a kid named Noel V. Marte who is yet to play any of that or have any of that stateside huge talent. And people forget the pitching. This, this organization does a great job developing pitching, maxing out guys just this past year, like Justin Dunn and Justice Sheffield. They got a guy, Logan Gilbert, with incredible extension, arsenal of pitches who might pitch this year, George Kirby, who they got, and Emerson Hancock, who they just drafted this year. They've got three frontline starters coming. They've got a multitude of position players that are going to be there. It's a great time to be a Mariners fan. All right, question for you on Marte. Does he? Where is he going to land? Like in the infield? Is he a shortstop? Is he going to end up being a third baseman or second baseman? In your opinion, does he move off of short? I think he will. I think he's going to end up playing third base. He's already. Uh, That's what I've been like. around him a decent amount, and defensively he's fine. But once he grows into his body a little bit more, he's got a little bit more of a third baseman's mm-hmm. body. I'm not sure. Not to say defensively he can't hold down that position. I just don't think they're going to keep him there. Now, one of the reasons why I love talking prospects with the Welsh, and the Welsh is one of the contributors to the Black Book on Amazon every year, too. And, and I love it because Welsh sees these guys. It's not just all the analytics. It's it's the visual. It's talking to these guys because he's out there in Arizona, and he gets to see them not only play, but actually interact with them, too. And that's why I think, you know, between you and Eric Cross, nobody does prospect stuff better than us. I'm sorry. They just don't because we do it for fantasy, which is what matters. That's what really matters. That's all anybody cares about with these prospects. They don't care about the real baseball stuff and the fielding. So, no, no, no. We care about the fantasy impact. And I, what's the fantasy impact of Spencer Torkelson going to be? Because oh. this is another guy, too. College bat, a guy who looks like he's going to just rocket through everything now. I know last year kind of you know, was complicating things. But when is Spencer Torkelson going to make his debut? I think there's an outside shot. It could be at the back end of this year, probably more likely to be breaking camp in 2022. And I would say... I think you could have a rotation of my top four of any of those guys could be the number one player in baseball. And that's why there isn't a consensus. I mean, I keep Wander in there and I speak in terms of him being like, yeah, this is just the number one guy because he has. But Spencer Torkelson is one of those players, I think from a real baseball perspective, I want to put in there. And from a fantasy perspective, the only thing he's missing is the speed. And, uh, you know, I watched him at ASU. Ma- I mean, insane, massive power. On this list, Julio Rodriguez is obviously high. Torkelson is unmatched. He's got a great eye. He's a great uh, glove. And so much so that the team was comfortable putting him over at third. I think Torque, within the next year, is going to be there. And he is uh, he's exciting as, uh, exciting as all can be. And, and, you know, I don't even mean to leave Marco Luciano off. He's the final guy right. in my top five. Because he is young, he's uh, a little bit further away from than anybody, but I saw him last year in the AZL, and 
it was insane. And, and you know, the AZL actually has got like three or four in the 2019 ACL, three or four of the guys that were all there at the same time are on a top 10 list right now. And Luciano is going to be a stud. He's just further away, but the Giants are going to push him. I think that's, that is how I would treat if I were drafting like a minor league system um, in fantasy right now. That is my top five. If you want to interchange a couple pieces, totally fine with it. But that to me is a no-brainer top five. All right, let's look at the rest of the top 10 here. Alex Kirilov, we've been waiting for for a while now with Minnesota. Bobby Wood Jr., who is another young prodigy guy, shortstop with the Royals. Very excited about him. I think this kid's going to be an absolute stud. Uh, CJ Abrams, who I can't believe is still in San Diego. I can't believe they made all of those trades and didn't have to move him. That is just stunning and absurd. And it's going to be fascinating to see how that all shakes out. Andrew Vaughn, another guy that, you know, probably if it was a full season, we might have seen him last year at some point. And Mackenzie Gore, another guy that somehow the Padres maintain. The Padres have two guys still in the top 10, and they acquired you, Darvish, and Blake Snell in the offseason. I don't know how they pulled this off. I don't know what kind of smoke and mirrors they did, but great job by them. So in this grouping, who's the highlight for you? Who is it you really want to talk about? Well, uh, I mean, there's two guys that really stand out to me. I, I would say Bobby Wood is just one of my absolute favorite players, me even too. though I've got him uh, at seven. Alex Kirilov, I'm probably higher than most people in the industry on. I think his bat just plays so well. There's no speed, so I could see why people don't particularly love him in fantasy. But I love Kirilov's bat. I think there's big power. I think it's like probably 300 average with 35 homers. Bobby Witt, though, I think it's got the best combination of tools. They've been a little bit underwhelming, at least it was in the AZL. But I caught him right before everything broke down with quarantine. And he, he was just uh, one for one with Jorge Soler in batting practice, just absolutely mm -hmm. dropping bombs. He's fast. He's a great defender. And the only other one I would throw in here is CJ Abrams, where I, I may have become a little bit of the low guy, even though... I was, I was at his pro debut. I, I was right there, video camera, got his first home run, first hits, been raving about him for a year, and people have passed me by. I, I found out he's been more of a consensus five or six overall for a lot of prospect people. Yeah. I just can't get him above the other guys that are in front, but I love him as much as those. And I think like that top eight ends a tier when you break out and then you start getting to Gore and Andrew Vaughn. But Abrams has got the most hype, could be a number one overall pick, by next year, number one overall prospect by next year. Whitley, my favorite, and uh, Kirilov is just a Welsh guy. Well, where where does Abrams fit in though? Because the left side of the infield is obviously taken. So is he a second baseman then eventually? Yeah. Like oh, that's 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 I feel like why you have him ranked where you have him because it's the it's the question of okay, where's the opportunity? Am I right? Kind of. I mean, I also think you have to question a little bit of uh, the power that's going to be there. He's blazing fast, hit 400 in the AZL, incredible right. contact hitter. But is he going to be able to loft the ball? Uh, I think he's going to be destined for the outfield, though he wants to play at shortstop. Talked to him about that before. He doesn't like to entertain the idea of not being a shortstop. He wants to be mm -hmm. there. But uh, I think those are the main questions. All right, we're going to have a fascinating exercise in the show today, so stick around. If you have any idea about betting on Major League Baseball stuff before the season happens on FanDuel, you're not going to want to miss this next segment coming up. So don't go anywhere. Stay on the grid. Welsh and I will be back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, predictions are far from perfect, but there's certainly things we can kind of at least glean from them. And what do you do when you put projections and pair them with FanDuel odds? Well, I think what happens then is a fascinating segment. And that's what Welsh and I are going to do right now for you. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, Joey P and the Welsh. And what we're going to do here is we're going to talk about the BP, the baseball prospectus uh, projections that just came out for every team and every division, so the wins and losses, and we're going to compare them to the FanDuel odds because as you're going to find out, there's actually some disparity here going on. I think this is fascinating because it might show you there's some value there. And look, no projections are perfect. There's the Pakotas and the BPs and all that stuff, Welsh. And I'm not the biggest projection guy Again, projections are easy because no one ever really holds anyone accountable for them. But I do think in this specific exercise, there's actually some value to it. So are you ready to play this game with me a little bit and compare these two things side by side, my friend? Yeah, I like this a lot because there's going to be some cool betting opportunities in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just to piggyback off what you said with projections, I'm with you. I like it as a baseline for stuff. And I'm not so right. sure it's that they're not uh, they're not held accountable. It's the accountability is, well, that's what the numbers spit out. And that's just kind of lame. It's a scapegoat answer. Instead of there being true accountability, it's like, well, that's what the math said. And then everybody says math a million times. And it's like, okay, we're done. That's why projections <laughs> can get a little bit wonky. It's me think of Jack Black in uh, School of Rock. Math is a wonderful thing. I love that song. It's one of my favorite songs. All right, let's get it. That's right. Jack Black, actually, huge into projections. People don't know this. Absolutely huge. Totally. Could not be more into projections. Yeah, he's got his own system. It's amazing. Uh, it's not the Black projections. Tenacious yeah. projections. There you go. All right, let's uh, let's talk about uh, BP here. A little tenacious BP. So uh, the Yankees are at the top here. They are ninety-seven and sixty-five. They have them as Obviously, you know, the first in this division, which makes sense. They're in New York. You always pay a premium. FanDuel agrees. The odds are minus 195. On the Rays side, second, 86 and 76. FanDuel odds plus 380. But you'll notice the Blue Jays, 85 and 77. Their odds are 360. So a little bit of disparity there. Then the Red Sox are 80 and 82, which I think is a little generous. And then the Orioles, 66 and 96, which might be slightly generous too. Uh, Just saying. So they're 50 to 1. Red Sox are 20 to 1. But what I want to talk about are the Rays and Blue Jays, because Welsh, this is where there's some disparity. They have the Blue Jays on FanDuel above, BP has the Rays. Now, the BP projections, obviously, you know, they're looking at the history of the Rays and how the Rays constantly find ways to win. And as we joked yesterday, the three innings, everybody pitches kind of rule that the Rays are going to implement, it feels like, this year. That is going to have a huge impact on the win total at the end of the day. 
they're losing Blake Snell. They're losing Charlie Morton. I kind of go with the the FanDuel side of things here. I kind of believe that the Blue Jays actually are better than people realize. Still some ways to go, but they also have a great system where if they need to make a deal for a pitcher, if they can acquire a Kyle Hendricks or someone like that at the break, I think that would be a fascinating ad for them and could be a huge difference maker. So how do you see the odds here versus the BP projections when it comes to the American League East? Yeah, it's so funny that you picked them because that's what I zoned in on as soon as I saw these as well. I really like the Blue Jays play. Love their offense, obviously making a big play uh, in the offseason. They've got some of the assets to be able to trade if they want to go all in and they want to bring, like you said, they want to bring a Kyle Hendricks or somebody even bigger in. They can make those moves. And uh, at plus 360, the discrepancy with the Rays definitely is there. They're my bet. They would be my bet here because it pays, it plays. And I'm just a little bit wonky on the Rays. I don't know if I ever give them full credit for being able to kind of, like you said, like they can manufacture their wins, but they lost some big pieces. Yeah. There's just a lot of fluidity around it that I wouldn't feel comfortable with them on my bet. I would go with the blue Jays and I feel really comfortable about it. I stood on a mountaintop last year and when COVID hit and they came back, I said, this season is built for Tampa. It's built for Tampa for two reasons. It's short. And on top of which, the Red Sox were going to be out of it. It wasn't going to be a lot of player movement in terms of trade. So what happens is always, inevitably, the Yankees and Red Sox can take on bigger talent and more salary. And this year, that wasn't going to happen in 2020, I should say. So it was tailor-made for the Rays to really have a run because the level of playing field was actually level for a change for them. And that, to me, was very unique. But that's not going to be the case this year. I think the Blue Jays are going to be aggressive. You've seen how aggressive they've been. And again, these odds are to win the division. So I'm with Welsh. The Blue Jays were in lockstep. I love that plus 360. That's where I'm looking. If you're going to make a little money there, there there's look, you can't drop 195 to win 100 on the Yankees. It just makes no sense. Next year, let's yeah, exactly. do the Central. Um, also kind of surprising here. You'll see a big disparity. Now, I agree with FanDuel. They have the White Sox as the favorites here. Yet they're third, according to BP, which maybe there's a red flag we're not seeing. The Twins are in first there with 91 wins. The Indians with 86. The White Sox with 83. Then the Royals at 71 and the Tigers at 67. Now you'll see those odds there. The Twins odds are plus 165. So if you certainly think that, yeah, I agree with BP, then the twin side of things becomes very interesting. I don't think the Indians are out of this conversation, not with the pitching they have, not with the manager they have, not with the talent they have. But it's the White Sox to me that was fascinating because BP has them as an 83-win team. And, bro, I look at this roster and this lineup and the addition of Lynn and the addition of Hendricks, I don't see this at all. I think this, this is a lineup that doesn't quit. And I get it. They're still youthful and they're still, you know, kind of figuring things out. But... Well, I think this is another big giant red flag here where I'm shocked and I'm leading toward the FanDuel side of this, yet I think the proper wagering end of it is probably the Twins if you're trying to take away something from the analytics. Would you agree with that sentiment there, or do you think maybe the Indians or somebody else kind of deserves the look here? No, I think you said it all really perfect. I don't understand the projections, especially with the addition. So what did the White Sox lose to then add that puts them at third in the division? Lance Lynn and Hendricks are massive additions plus the indians have gotten worse they got worse getting rid of lindor you have to admit that so for them to be projected so high and the and the indians kind of coming down a little bit the white Sox coming up i don't it doesn't make it much sense to me the twins were immediately my bet as well i think them walking away with this division makes a lot of sense 
But if I'm betting, I'd be betting the Twins, and you, you probably just for the sake of it, plus seven fifty on the Indians. Why not? Especially because uh, I like this exercise that you did. If you look at the projections, why not put a couple on the Indians just in case? I don't like it though. I'd be walking away with the Twins, maybe hoping that the White Sox would have gotten maybe a plus on this. You know, maybe maybe seeing the Twins minus one fifty and the White Sox one sixty five, I would have bet the White Sox because this is an open division. I, look, this is a fascinating practice, and I've never done this before in these combination of things. And, you know, obviously you're on SportsGrid. We're a wagering network, but this is kind of where reality, fantasy, wagering all kind of comes together in this segment. And then hour two, we're going to talk about the National League, so stick around for that. But, um, look, I, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I, I like the Twins. I, I like that they brought Nelson Cruz back. I like Barrios. I like Maeda. But I don't know, man. Have we not looked at that? Why and also, Boston, like – and I said it was an open division. Open division as far as like these top three, because you're right, the Indians are not sure. done with it. But like, take those three and then look, they have the Royals and Tigers in. And like, I know the Royal, you know, right. they got Benintendi. They are making some really sneaky moves, the Royals are. Well, they're going to be competitive. They're not ready to be, well, but they're not ready to be like ultra competitive this year. So the White right. Sox, Indians, and Twins, either one of those th- three teams, it's kind of an open field for them. To have the discrepancy uh, across the board and the weird projection on the White Sox, it, that's an odd one. That is a definitely well, the, an odd the Indians become a fascinating one too because you know <laughs> the pitching depth of the Indians potentially is the best of this lot, and they also have the best pitcher in this division in Shane Bieber. So when you put those two things together with the Indians, that plus seven fifth, I mean, that, that is a huge number. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm just saying, you know, you could throw, you know, 20 bucks on that just for fun. <laughs> See if it comes in. There. That's what See? I was saying. Like you want to, yeah. you want to put a serious bet, put it on the twins, but why not put like a fifth of what you just put on the twins? Just throw right. that on the Indians just for safekeeping. There's the hedge. I mean, there, there it is. I mean, like, yeah, what, a, what a huge hedge. That one comes in. All right, let's go to the West here. Now the Astros at the top, according to BP, uh, and this one's obviously you know a little tighter here in certain spots. Astros 93 win team, Vandal odds plus 150. The Angels, they have them as this 87 win team with that pitching, which is a fascinating number. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. They're at plus 380 to win the division. But then the A's, BP has them at just 80 and 82. And every year, everybody dismisses the Oakland A's. And every year, the Oakland A's are in the playoffs. And I just want to throw that out there because in terms of young pitching, the A's have it. Uh, they still got Chapman there, at least for now. They still got Olsen there for now. They're a plus 125. So FanDuel thinks they're the best team in this division. BP has them as third. Then you have the Mariners and Rangers. Nobody thinks they're going to win the division. That's why the odds, honestly, I'm surprised that the odds are even worse for the Mariners, but I digress. But here you go again. You got the A's, you got the Angels and the Astros. But in terms of where the money is, like I, I don't, even though it's plus 380, I don't feel great about the Angels, Welsh. I think the Astros at plus 150, pretty good wager. Uh, I think the A's at plus 125, also a good investment. But this is telling you here that BP feels really strongly about the Astros, which I do not think are done. You know, losing Springer is bad, but they did bring back Brantley. They're hopefully getting a healthy Alvarez back. They still have Correa. They still have Bregman. They still have Altuve. They still have Granke. They still have a lot. And I think when you're looking at that, man, that to me is like, all right, well, plus 150, those are the odds. You know, it's like the second best odds on the board. BP likes them the most. That might be the happy marriage. But why does everybody every year kind of discount the A's, Welsh? Well, I mean, they also lost some pieces, though. They lost Marcus Simeon. They lost Liam Hendricks. He was terrible last year. Who? Simeon? Simeon was no good last year. He wasn't. Yeah, I mean, okay, but... 
but you're also focusing on like the really, really shortened season. The year before okay. he was magnificent. He's he's right. a really right. good bat and he goes to the Blue Jays. He goes to the Blue Jays, by the way. Um I don't know. I'm shocked. I'm actually shocked that their FanDuel is giving the highest bet projections on the A's because it just doesn't make sense. They're a fine team. They've got some, they got two young guys, Lozardo and Puck, that are going to both be in the rotation. They're going to have a brand new closer. Offensively, where are they going to be manufacturing runs? They bring in Elvis Andrus. Maybe they'll run a little bit more. I just don't see it. The easy bet is the Astros, though. I would tell you I'm worried about pitching. They don't have a closer. It's going to be probably Ryan Presley and obviously the Verlander issues. So I'm not sure. I mean, that's the bet here. The Angels, the Angels is the, the plus 380 would actually be the one I'd like to go with. Offensively, I love the moves. Defensively as well, you know, bringing in Fowler. The pitching is their problem. They brought in a bullpen arm in Rysel Iglesias, but they still just don't have any frontline starter. They got to rely on Dylan Bundy and Griffin Canning and Andrew Heaney, but I think it's serviceable in this division. So as much as I think the Astros make sense as the bet, I think I might actually go with the Angels. Projection's pretty close. I'm getting double the odds, a little bit over double the odds with the Angels. I would probably go with them. Uh, the the Angels would have to bring in a, a starter for me. Like they would have to bring they in could. somebody of no. They have, they, I, they they've got they got pieces. They got some pieces to maybe make that happen. You know, they, they do have Joe Adele still at the top there, very tantalizing prospect. There's some other guys in there too. I, I just worry about the rest of that pitching. Whereas, you know, I understand the, the, I understand BP is showing you the negative side of A's youth, but I mean, how many times are we going to get fooled with the A's? It feels like every year we go into the things like, it's well, the point. A's are a 500 team. And then every year they're in the playoffs, every year they find a way, every year they identify somebody, they bring them in and they get their best season out of them. And it's but just, do you it's, feel good about a bet with them, though? The projections are no, horrid on them, and the no, odds are the worst. The best bet to me of all of these is the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays is the one where I, I think they can go after the Yankees. Of all the ones in the American League, that's the one where I look at parity. But, you know, the Astros just look like a decent wager here in this division. And I just think they do have enough pitching when all is said and done. I like uh, Framber Valdez. I, I love Granky still. Uh, I think McCullers is uh, still things he can fix clearly the splits were terrible last year but he does still have talent so this is a really cool exercise an hour or two here on the program we're going to talk about the national league version of this stick around for that we come back oh, trevor lawrence pro day stick around fsp we'll be right back right after this sports group SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Today, Joe Pizapia, the Welsh, football, basketball, baseball. My goodness, no hockey. Sorry. Just completely out of the hockey loop there. But if you want hockey, go follow Eric Young on Twitter and Chris Meany because those guys are great. But Welsh, uh, I did see a little college football today. And what I mean is I did watch Trevor Lawrence's pro day, him moving around, Mm. throwing the different uh, route tree things to the receivers. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I mean, every throw just looks magnificent. And I know he's wearing shorts and I know all that. But you know, I watched the footwork, I watched the release, I'm watching the ball go, and it's just, I'm telling you, like, you, we talked about Wander Franco can't miss, Trevor Lawrence can't miss either, I'm sorry, like, since Peyton Manning, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback coming out of college that you just kind of knew that, that, I just have no questions about this guy at the NFL level, and I'm excited to see him play there, and I don't know what Urban Meyer's going to bring, I think there's a lot to you know, be, uh, I would at least say not scared, but cautious about, but I mean, for Trevor Lawrence, for you, what are you looking at? Three-year window for him, four-year window to be a playoff team with the Jaguars. How do you see him all shaken out there? I mean, I think that would be nice. I'm not, I'm not going to set a window because I'm not crazy optimistic. I think he looks like a good quarterback though. I would ask you, you got the driver's license, right? You remember getting your driver's license? I, do. I got it the first okay. time. And you probably you know, scripted out every single thing and made all the turns and parked and practice and practice. I don't read much from the pro day because like everything he did in these videos, you're going to see, and you're just be like, Whoa, whoa, look at it. He's been practicing. This is scripted T for T. He has done every one of these shows a million times. This is what these pro days are all about. So I don't read too much into that. Great. Got a fantastic arm can make the throws. It's more newsworthy if they don't make the throws and don't do good in the pro days. That's what's newsworthy. But this is about the Jags. I'm not crazy optimistic. I'd love to tell you a three-year window, but I think there's so much more into it than Trevor Lawrence for them to be a playoff team. But I think he'll be a very good quarterback pretty early on. Yeah, if in this league you have a quarterback or you don't, and if you do, then you're at least scratching the door of the playoffs, and I think they're going to be scratching pretty quick there with Trevor Lawrence. He is that damn good. All right, hour two of FST is right around the corner, so don't go anywhere. Hang with us. we got some great stuff for you right here on Sports Grid. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 